0: Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Hey, good evening, family. Welcome to another episode of Post Daily Dose with me, your trusted parenting advisor, faithful guide, and server on the healing journey. What's my name? Big Papa Brian Post. I hope everyone is having a fantastic evening. I hope you've had an amazing day. Tonight's episode, we're going to talk about listening to behavior, responding to your child. So I was shooting the episode today. I was watching the show, the Super Nanny Show, and there's this particular point when, well, there's actually a couple of them. but. And I'm going to talk about both of them actually for the, the child gets stressed out. They don't show what the catalyst was to build up to the stress and he breaks a rule, the, the super nanny says. And so he's trying to run away and go outside and the mom grabs his arm. And then that leads to this whole ordeal of getting him to do timeout. So it starts with seven minutes and he gets up out of his chair. And so the nanny makes the mom reset the clock for another seven minutes. And so he finally does that. He he reaches the you know fourteen fifteen minute point, and then the nanny's is like he's he's got to hey Heidi, the nanny's like he's got to go and he's he's got an he has to apologize to you, and so that's new to me. I didn't know that timeout needed to end with an apology, but eh, Joe Joe the super nanny says it does. So mom goes and. The kid's still stressed out, obviously. He's got his back turned to her. And she's like, okay, your time's up. But I need you to say you're sorry for the way you behaved. And and he says, I can't. And so mom's like, well, I need you. And super Mom's like, I need you to. And Super Nanny interrupts and says, nope. He said he can't. He's not ready. He's got to sit there in that chair until he can apologize. So mom gets up and walks off. And so, you know, maybe it's another three, four, five. It's a hard to know with television because of editing. But eventually she comes back and the kid apologizes. And my mom always says, don't call, they're not kids. Kids are baby goats, they're children. The child apologizes. My mom was a Head Start teacher for 35 years and so she's like all about the kids, the children. Golly, sorry. And I remember she told me that after I did a Head Start lecture probably 15 years ago. She said, you kept saying kids, you need to say children or child. I was like, okay, okay. So there you have it. Anyway, um, the child finally says, I'm sorry, whispers it to his mom's ear. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, mom's like, okay, we're good. And. And so then she's doing the little part where, you know, where they show the parent kind of like this, this scene here where she's got a backdrop behind her and she's explaining the episode and she's saying it just, it felt so good for him to apologize and he really needed me to set that structure and those limits. And then it shows the happy child and I'm like, Oh my gosh, are you serious? If I have been forced to sit in a chair for, you know, for 20 minutes And and my getting out of that chair is dependent on my apologizing to you. I'm just going to tell you I'm sorry. And then, of course, I'm going to be happy because I'm out of the freaking chair. And so it's just so it's sad and it's funny at the same time. How we build these stories around these situations to reinforce our beliefs. That's such crap. It's such crap. And and, and the problem is we believe it. We believe it because that's what we've experienced. See, our unconscious imprints from generations and generations and generations of fear-based parenting tell us this is, this is, this is right. The child should apologize for behaving the way he's behaved. And it's just strange that, you know, that that you have it on television and now we can see it. So tomorrow when I release this episode, you're going to see it. I mean, there's a couple different times I'm just completely overwhelmed. And so the reason I have the title is this is something that I talk about listening to behavior, responding to the child. The behavior is telling you when your child is stressed. That's all it is. Behavior tells you when your child has went outside of your window of tolerance. When you listen to the behavior, basically what you're hearing is a cry. Basically what you're hearing is a signal. Basically what you're hearing is a red flag by the child that says, I have exceeded my very small immature window of tolerance for how much stress I can handle at this moment. Therefore, I am now in dysregulation. Therefore, I am now stressed out. Therefore, I am outside of my window of tolerance to be able to effectively manage myself in a mature and socially acceptable and familiarly acceptable way, which means I need you to help me get regulated again and I need you to help me contain that stress and I need you to help me get back in with my window of tolerance and by doing that for me, by taking the time and actually helping me restore my window of tolerance, By taking the time and helping me regulate myself, by helping, by taking the time and helping me reduce my stress, you are now teaching my system, my young, immature system, because when you're doing all those things, you're helping me release oxytocin in the presence of stress. You're now teaching my system how to release a little bit more oxytocin, therefore be regulated a little bit more, therefore have a little wider window of tolerance for the next occasion of stress. That's responding to the child. Listening to the behavior, responding to the child. But if, in your listening to the behavior, you just get stressed out and you focus on controlling the behavior, or suppressing the behavior, or dominating the behavior, or changing the behavior, guess who you're not responding to? You're not responding to the child. You're responding to the behavior. And guess how we respond to behavior? We respond to behavior by creating more stress. We respond to behavior by creating more fear. And then guess what that leads to? A child who gets older but doesn't get better. It's an interesting dynamic, guys. It's an interesting dynamic and it's so simple, but sometimes it can be so hard to see because of stress, because of overwhelm. And then there was this other scenario. Debbie says, my two and eight year olds say, I'm sorry, mommy, and expect to do what they want again. (laughs) Of course they do. They're two and eight and the eight year old is probably closer to five. And so of course they they say it because they're learning. They're learning, they're being taught what the words mean. And so now you're still teaching them, right? It's not too late. You're just getting started. And I know you, Debbie, you've been around for a while. So the the what you're saying is... Um, they're learning, they're still learning. So you're still teaching them. And so now it's, it's, I understand honey, that you said, I'm sorry, but I'm sorry has to be followed up with actions. So if you really say I'm sorry, which means you're apologizing to mommy for your behavior, then that means you're gonna choose to do something different. And if I, if I was you, I would choose to do this because that's what being sorry to me really would mean. And so when children say I'm sorry and then they don't do anything different, who does that remind you of? We do that as adults all the time. We're all the time apologizing, but then we do the same thing. We just turn right around and do the same thing. Well, that's how children are learning. They're learning that an apology doesn't have to be followed up with actions, and we want to change that, and you have an opportunity to change that. We always have an opportunity to change that. Heck, sometimes it's hard enough just to apologize to our children as adults. Think about that. How many times did your parents apologize to you as a child? Think about that right now. When you were growing up, how many times did your parents do something, do something that they could have done better, make a mistake or whatever it may have been. And then they apologize to you. I don't think it ever happened for me. And it was the apology ever followed with an, a request for give, forgiveness. How many of you had, how many of you had a parent who actually requested forgiveness? So you see how foreign these imprints are for most of us. Now, some of you, of course, had awesome parents and these all things all happened. Um, it, but you're probably not watching <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> but you, some of you did have fantastic parents who I'm sure did almost everything right. Most of us did not because that's how we end up where we're at right now, still trying to learn how to practice love, still trying to learn what love in action is. That's that's because we're trying to break the chains. Right now, we are breaking the generational trains chains and I want you to understand how important your role is in that. You're, you're, you're making a, an effort, you're taking a step to do something that no one else in the generations of your of your lineage has done and that's what you're doing now. So then there was this one other, this one other, Heidi says her parents apologize all the time. Well, that's, that's fantastic. There was this one other scenario where the child is eating food at the bar. They're all standing around the kitchen. And He says there's a hair in the food. And mom says, Oh, well, let me see. Oh, yeah, it's it's just a it's just a hair. It's okay. It's just on the outside. And she pulls it out. Such a mom thing to do. (laughs) She pulls it out and she and she says, it's okay, go ahead and eat. And the kid says, Ah, he's 10 years old. He's like, ah, I'm full. I'm not even hungry anymore. And and uh, he says, "I'm I'm done eating. I'm not hungry." And he leaves the kitchen. And Dad says, "It's not okay for him to just leave like that because he's trying to f- follow this what the super nanny would say." So Dad says, "It's not okay for him to just leave like that." And so somewhere or another, Dad jumps in. He's gonna save the day. Kids upstairs. Dad's saying, "Hey, buddy." And Dad's been really rational and and pretty calm and and actually from where he started. He's actually in a really good place. He's been really rational. He said, hey, son, you need to, you know, you need to eat your food. And son said, how many different ways do I need to tell you? I am full. I'm not hungry anymore. Dad says, well, yeah, I I heard that. And I appreciate you using your words, but I want to tell you, we're going to, we're going to have dessert after we get finished eating and everyone who's eating all their food is going to get to have dessert. And the son says, yeah. And what? Yeah. Okay. Okay. He doesn't care because he's full and he's made this statement, but dad is still threatening him. So he's still actually creating an opportunity for an escalation in fear and stress and overwhelm in the most loving, kind, gentle way. He's been really patient when he's talking to I'm kind of looking up because I'm still seeing the kid upstairs. He's been really kind and patient as he's saying to the child. You're not gonna get dessert. That's what he said. You didn't eat all your food. You're not gonna get dessert. You're 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 gonna miss out. And the kid has said, "I am full. I don't want anymore. How many times do we do that to our children? Because we have these preconceived notions. And I'm like seemingly really happy and <laughs> smiling, so like, laughing about this. I laugh because I find it. So overwhelmingly sad. And so the laughter is, is, is my defense to not being so completely freaking overwhelmed that these kind of messages are taught on television as the way to raise children. And this is not even, these are just biological children, the best that I know. Some of them are stepchildren. I haven't gotten any into any episodes yet where they're adopted foster children. But it is really overwhelming and it is really sad to think about how how we direct our focus on children. And so much of it is control based and so fearful and it's so stressful based. And it's so interesting the way that the, the dynamics occur. And then we put it on TV and we prop that up as a, you know, this is the way to go. So anyway, I found it interesting. I want to encourage you guys. Listen to behavior. Right back up. Listen to what I just said. Listen to the behavior and see behavior, see behavior problems, see behavior problems as dysregulation and a child gone outside of their window of tolerance. See your child is doing the absolute best that they can in any given moment. And when they are not, when they are not doing as you would expect them to do or would like them to do, it's because they've gone outside of their window of tolerance for how much stress they can handle. Doesn't have to get a lot more difficult than that. There you have it. In any situation, we can continue to look at our children from a fearful place. We can get stressed. We can get overwhelmed. And we can have the generations of unconscious parenting messages just drive us and direct us. And in that place, we're going to be choosing stress and fear every single time. Or we have the choice that we can take three to ten deep breaths. We can take a step back. We can slow down. We can look at it. We can think about it. And we can choose love. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you for joining me this evening. I hope tonight when you lay down, I hope that you the, the cells in your body, I hope they just release all the stress that goes on. I hope that you wake up in the morning restored, refreshed, reinvigorated, re- refreshed, and rewired. And ready to see tomorrow with a new life. Big Papa loves you. Talk to you tomorrow. Live on weekdays at six thirty Central Time on Facebook at the Post Institute. Don't forget to get your copy of Brian's best-selling book from Fear to Love on promotion. Just pay shipping and handling at www.feartolovebook.com. That's www.feartolovebook.com.